So here we are, and our reading schedule for today is the seventh chapter of Matthew, Matthew chapter 7. And in this chapter, if you've read it, you know, Jesus concludes his teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, so but it's, a, it's, a, it's a rich, rich chapter. So let's, um, let's see some things we can, that may be worth pointing out about it. And uh, to start with, I want to think about those first two words, judge not, judge not. Uh, I feel like with that, this chapter begins with an often misquoted verse, like where, I, where he says, judge not that you not be judged. Uh, I think that's often misquoted or misapplied. People often read that, judge not that you be not judged. They read that and take it as a command to just stay out of people's business for uh, no matter what. Just keep to yourself, stay out of people's business. It's not my place to say anything. Who am I to say anything? And they may notice someone is engaging in dangerous or unbiblical behavior or is involved in something that's clearly not in that other person's best interest, but say or do nothing about it simply because they don't want to be accused of judging that other person maybe you've had that kind of thought but is that really what jesus is saying in this passage i don't think that's what he's saying at all notice why i say that what he says in verses two through five help us understand what he means in verse one jesus is warning about or warning against hyper-focusing on the sins and faults of others while utterly neglecting or overlooking your own. Don't look past the logs in your own eye to the, and, and just point to the speck in somebody else's. But notice this, and this is the crucial point, notice very carefully that Jesus concludes by saying in verse 5, first... Take out the log of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So did you catch what he's saying there? He is, in fact, saying that we are responsible for each other. And if we notice something harmful in somebody else's life, then we are to go to them and address it. But make sure you are keenly aware and honestly repentant of your own sins and shortcomings first. It's not live and let live within the church of Jesus Christ. We're to hold each other accountable and help each other grow in holiness and godliness as we all get closer to the day that we stand before the Lord. The Apostle Paul asked the Corinthians, for what do I have with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? That's 1 Corinthians 5.12. Is it not those inside the church whom you're to judge? We, who by repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus, have, according to 2 Peter 1.4, escaped the corruption that is in the world. And we're to watch over each other and hold each other accountable so that we don't slip back into the world in the ways of the world and prove to everybody around us that our faith was never genuine to begin with. Judge not. Well, no, not with a prideful and self-righteous attitude, but we do have a responsibility for each other 
As Paul told the Galatians, brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. But keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Galatians 6, 1. So Jesus promises that if you keep a careful and close watch over your own life and take your own sin seriously, which leads to humility, not self-righteousness, and you keep short accounts with the Lord, if you do that, you will, according to Jesus, see clearly to be able to help others, your brothers and sisters in Christ, to grow in faith as well. That's verse 5. So that's one thing. Let's, let's be clear about what Jesus means when he says judge not. But here's, a, here's another thing I want to point out, and that is what I would call the unfiltered, full-strength golden rule. The golden rule in its unfiltered and full-strength state. So Jesus teaches what we call the golden rule in verse 12 of this chapter. And there he says, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. I, don't, I, I wonder sometimes if many of us have thought deeply or carefully enough about this verse to realize how radical the command of the golden rule really is. We usually emphasize half the truth of it and the easier half of it at that. We emphasize only the negative aspect of it. And by that I mean we pretend as if it is only saying if you don't want someone to do a certain thing to you, then don't do it to them. Hey, I'll be the first to admit, I... I, my kids raising my kids I've been guilty of saying that if you don't want it if you don't want them to do that to you don't do that to them but do you see that that's only half of it that's that's and that's the easier one that that only has to do with the negative behavior the things that we should refrain from doing but that's only part of the golden rule it is by no means all of the golden rule in fact it's the easier half of it Jesus is actually commanding what our positive behavior should be like. He is commanding that we ought to do as much as we ought not to do. He says, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do to them. Sit around and think, he says, about how you wish other people would think and they would act you and then you go out and you do that very thing to them don't just avoid what you ought not to do to them do what you wish they would do can you imagine if we actually lived this way this is the ultimate expression of leviticus 19:18 that says love your neighbor as yourself and the final thing that i want to point out in this chapter has to do with faith and fruit faith and fruit uh, Jesus ends this chapter on a very familiar theme, the, the visibility and provability of genuine faith. We've talked about this, goodness, since chapter 3 with John the Baptist, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Uh, and here, Jesus warns against, in verses 15 through 20, he warns against false prophets and false teachers and he, and, and he warns against them, but how can you tell? He says in verses 16 and 20, by their fruits. And he's going to give a very strong and sober warning in verses 21 through 23 to all who claim to have faith in Jesus. 
It's one thing to call Jesus Lord. It's quite another to live with Jesus as Lord. The person who goes around saying Jesus is their Lord and Savior but gives no evidence of it in his or her life is what Jesus would say in verses 26 and 27, the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The person who says Jesus and Lord and seeks in a persevering way to live like it because he hears Jesus' words and does them, well, according to Jesus, he is the wise man who builds his house on the rock. So, fruitless faith is faulty faith. I hear that warning from Jesus with the intention that it has. All the warnings of Scripture, while they are hard to hear because we know the sinfulness of our own hearts, are always meant for our good. It's always meant for our good. Imagine if we never received any warnings from the Lord. I mean, that would be a, a, a terrible thing because it's the warnings that keep us motivated to stay on the right path. How gracious of God even in his warnings.